Welcome back to Looking Backwards, Looking Forwards. I'm C. Thomas Printer. Today's title is from the semi-sonic song, Closing Time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Well, maybe it's because we're getting close to the fall equinox, but I'm feeling sonic shifts in the world right now. And that's the people just not taking anything more from the government. Looking backwards, we start with number one. The governor of New Mexico wants to take away guns. The people, they disagreed. That's right, in New Mexico, their governor. Let me get her name for you, Michelle Lujan Grisham. I'm guessing no relation to the author. Signed an emergency order on Friday that will ban firearms from being carried in public in Albuquerque, concealed or otherwise. This is after an 11-year-old boy was shot outside of a baseball game and a four-year-old was shot by a stray bullet. Well, the response by the people was swift. The sheriff of Bernalillo County said, no, we will not, we will not enforce that order. It's a violation of the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And crowd, crowds gathered at Old Town Plaza openly carrying firearms. So my thought is this. If we have rules like marijuana is illegal, but we seem to ignore that rule. We have border laws that we are just seemingly allowing everybody in right now as we have cities all across the country, you know, uh, dealing with the migrant crisis. Since we aren't going to allow ourselves to follow all the laws, who gets to choose which ones we do? I guess the people do. So. Take that into consideration when you have a law and the government tells you have to do something. It seems like that's not the case. Joe Biden announced at the G20 conference this week that he is helping build a road from India to Europe. <laughs> that's right. A new shipping quarter from India to the Mideast to Europe is being built and Biden is in charge. That's right. Him and President Modi are planning a shipping corridor and I pulled up the Google Maps and I was trying to figure out how you're going to get from India all the way to Europe. Well, it seems like if we traverse to the northwest that we run into the ocean or Iran, who we have sanctions against right now. Then there's the Caspian Sea. Then we run into Russia, who we have sanctions against all the way up to the Norwegian Sea and the Barents Sea. So I'm trying to find out how this shipping corridor is going to be constructed, where it's going to go. But the good news is the article that I was reading that I have attached here said that not only do they not have any timeline for this, they also don't know how to pay for it. So like we just talked, I think the government is just telling us something to make us feel good. Pat, everyone on the back, thanks for coming to the G20 summit. But I will be willing to bet that we see very, very little follow through on this, considering we have 32, almost $33 trillion in debt and we're broke. So we can't build anything else even remotely like this project. Although we were trying to copy China, who's also kind of broke, but they already have something constructed. Next, we go to New York City, and New York City just put the hammer down on Airbnb. That's right. All short-term rental hosts have to be registered with the city, live in the place they are renting, be present when someone is staying, and only host two guests at once. 
that doesn't sound like any Airbnb that I've heard of. There's some very, very small people that rent out an extra room, which was the original idea behind Airbnb. And it seems like they're going to leave that alone. But this extra income, I'm going to buy another home. I'm going to rent it out on Airbnb. I'm going to have cash flow. I'm going to take it to the bank. I'm going to do another one. All the Airbnb barons in the greater New York City area are now in violation of the law. What is going to happen to all of those properties? I can tell you they're probably going to hit the long-term rental market and flood that, which will push rents down, which is good for the people of that area, or they're going to hit the market and they're going to hit the market and that's going to push the prices down. Well, this is good news unless you own a home in that area because the home prices are going to start decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. That is going to be very interesting for all the hotels in that region that paid their hotel occupancy taxes and competed with something that was not in, shall we say, the same playing field. I think it'll be very good for the hotels, but I'm sure all the people traveling to New York City are going to be facing higher prices. Now, if we look forward, I look forward to seeing more of these articles. A Minnesota woman demanded the defunding of the police. Now she got carjacked and seems surprised. Now she wants to catch the perpetrators and hold them responsible. Well, if only there was a program or an institution or a group of men and women that were blue that did that. That's right. Let me see if I can get her name correctly, but she was the Minnesota Democrat Farmer Labor Party official Shivanti Sathanandan. She was on after the George Floyd death, she was on video chanting, we are going to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. Say it with me, dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. As allies, what can we do right now? Listen and learn from our black siblings, end quote. Well, now this is what she is saying. We need to get the illegal guns off our streets, catch these young people who are running wild, creating chaos across our city and hold them in custody and prosecute them, end quote. Well, it turns out that when this actually affects you, you see things differently. Well, what happened to her? Let's see here. She was carjacked in front of her four-year-old daughter and seven-year-old son. She has a broken leg, deep lacerations on her head, bruising and cuts all over her body, and she has rage. No mention of whether she had a brain. I'm also looking forward to maintaining the <laughs> semi-sonic theme of this. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. From the same closing time song, which is weird because I haven't even listened to that song this week. However, America's ability to spend is at closing time. This week on a CNBC article, respondents to the Fed's New York Fed survey of consumer expectations for August showed that 60%, nearly 60%, of the respondents indicated that the ability to get credit is harder now than it was a year ago. They also showed that the expectations of losing one's job in the next year rose by two percentage points to 13.8%. So we've been waiting for this labor market to go the other direction from historical lows, and we're starting to see some of that in the last 45 days. But the more important thing I took from this article is banks are in trouble. 
banks are limiting the amount of money that they're putting out into the system, whether it's lending and loans, or in this case, offering more credit. When the American consumer, which is 72% of our country's economy and GDP, are not able to spend, this will make the great financial crisis look modest in comparison. And the reason that this is going to happen is because we are not going to be allowed to spend. There's simply not going to be enough dollars. They're draining them from the system quietly, quantitative tightening. The banks are not able to lend because they have their own problems because they're upside down and mismatch on their long-term bonds to the depositors, which are now fleeing the banks. And they have commercial real estate problems that are sitting there that are completely undervalued. And that's going to be very difficult if they ever have to mark those to market. The banks are limited. That problem has not gone away. The depositors were made whole. But regardless, what we need to recognize is the ability of Americans to purchase is starting to tighten up. And it's going to start affecting a lot of people and a lot of businesses because they rely on the American consumer. And lastly today, I want to go to a speed round. There's a couple different things that caught my eye that I think we need to recognize um, that are quite interesting and a little unpredicted. So CalPERS, we've talked about them, which is the California Pension Organization. They are um, one of the largest public employee pension retirement systems in the in the country. And their, their head investment chief, Nicole Musico, she is leaving the job and moving back to Toronto. Now, when she took the job, one of the things that the fund said is they wanted her to be there at least five years. However, the pension has struggled. The pension has struggled for quite a while now. They have had, I believe, six that's right, the sixth official to leave the role in 20 years. So you ask yourself, why is that? Well, for the five-year period ending June 30th, 2022, CalPERS earned an annualized return of 6.7% compared with a median return of 7.8% for large pension plans. CalPERS has been underachieving. Remember when we talked about, I said, why is CalPERS buying, was it AMC or G, uh, GameStop? but they were speculating in meme stocks. Why is a public pension at the very edge of risky behavior? I think what you're gonna see is you're going to see a bunch of these pensions have real trouble. And I think we've talked about this a little bit um, last year, and I think you're gonna see this happen more and more as the stock market starts slowing down because this debt is like, a boa constrictor just slowly starting to suck the life out of this. And it's also going to suck the life out of returns in the pensions. Gas prices, they hit a seasonal record high. Normally, like we talk, gas prices don't normally start going up at this time of year, but that's exactly what they've done. They've risen almost 8% in eight weeks. They are now at $3.87 a gallon, a seasonal record on a trailing 12 month basis. That's because oil is up 20% in the last two months. Remember when Joe Biden drained the Strategic Petroleum Reserve last year before the elections? And he basically took half of our country's extra emergency petroleum and sold it out in the open market, flooding the market and lowering the price last year. Well, that's gone. Can't do that again. And now we have oil starting to go up. The Saudis are, are cutting oil and their production and the price is starting to rise. We just broke $90 Brent this week and this, or we just broke $90 West Texas this week. We're at $94 on Brent and 
I don't know if this is going to continue to get out of hand, but I think we are going to be seeing oil prices higher, bond yields higher, and I've been beating this drum here for a few weeks now. We talked about Luke Groman. This is the basis of his whole theory on where we're going right now from a macro perspective. I think we're seeing more um, evidence of this as we as we go forward. And lastly, we have the first big public university that I've seen recently that has decided they are in big trouble financially. West Virginia University is cutting a whole bunch of programs. Why? Because they're running a $45 million budget deficit for the 2024 fiscal year, which would grow to 75 million by 2028 if they don't make significant changes. Well, why is that the case? Well, because spending at the university increased by 38% between 20, or 2002 and 2022, or 29% on a per student basis. You wonder why tuition has gone up? Because of this right here. Because when the governments took over the pen, or they took over the student loan programs, which we aren't paying back yet, by the way, it's supposed to start, but Biden came out and said there'll be no penalties for a year, so you don't have to worry about it for a year. So we've pushed that back off. But what you're seeing now is in 2014, they had 33,000 students. This year, 27,022, the first day of fall term. So what you're seeing is the number of people is starting to decline because people can't afford to go to school. They're starting to figure this out, that this is not good at these prices. College needs to have an ROI, just like any other financial decision. And so what did we have? Oh, we had protests. We had all kinds of people out there um, saying that this is, you know, basically makes them mad and hurts their feelings. But what's going to happen is they will eliminate a PhD in mathematics, a master's in public administration, most foreign language instruction, graduate degrees in higher education administration, and ceramics and sculpture degrees, both high ROI facilities. Meanwhile, the quote that I wanted to share with you is from Christian Rowe, a graduate student in history. He's mentioned in the article, this is a school and not a business. And these proposals, these proposals that rip educational opportunities from students and jobs from faculty and staff will only weaken this institution. This is West Virginia. This is coal country. It has been the absolute focus of the government for the last 15 years to eliminate coal from this country. These are the kind of second order effects that you're going to see. West Virginia is in real trouble because coal's in trouble. And there's other places that if the government hadn't favored them, they would also be in trouble. Think back to Silicon Valley Bank when they bailed out the depositors of the venture capital community. They would be in real trouble right now, but the government bailed them out. So the government's going to have to pick and choose what we're going to bail out or we're going to see things like this. Programs get cut. People get unhappy. It turns out that money isn't free. That's right. The free credit and party on the United States is over. It's closing time. I'm C. Thomas Printer, and thank you for listening this week. Just remember this, folks. I used to think I was indecisive, but now I'm not so sure. All of our articles and links can be found on our website, cthomasprinter.com. Thank you for listening.